0: Let's begin. Let's begin. On um, today, we are on the series of the sixth session of Living by the Holy Spirit. And in the first session, we've been talking about how to be walked by the Holy Spirit, be led by the Holy Spirit, and keep in step with the Holy Spirit. And all of those are are the images and the expressions of how we are being shown. Uh, as we are living by the Holy Spirit and as in order to do so we need to keep die to ourselves this is something that we have been keep listening for the last 24 years and it's not like we need to um, you know die to ourselves in order to live by the Holy Spirit but instead as we live by the Holy Spirit he uh, naturally leads us to to um, die to our our flesh, so in that sense, we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So, as you are living in this uh, Babylonian system, Babylonian world, and as you are losing these these eternal values, there are nothing more valuable. As you you are losing these these, um, there's nothing more valuable than those eternal things and as you are limiting and hindering holy spirit to um, work within you there's nothing more valuable in this world that you should pursue so in the second session what have i said in in gospel of john holy spirit lets you um, reminds you of the sin and um sin righteousness and judgment and the book of John talks about the core message of the indwelling Holy Spirit. And as He indwells in you, um, the core work that He does is not only just the manifesting the power or the works, but instead He lets us know and understand about sin, righteousness, and the judgment. So He, Holy Spirit, He continuously lets us know and understand about those three things. And through those process, through that process, in the book of Rome, He Holy Spirit lets us confirm and understand that we, who we are, our identity, we are children of God. So that's one of the main works that the Holy Spirit does within us. And what's the third thing? While well, we have we talked in the third session, the relationship between Holy Spirit and the church. And our gathering itself is church. And the church is being ruled by the head of the church, which is Jesus Christ, and He rules us through the Holy Spirit. He He does not just lead us by uh, according to, to uh, you know, um, anything, but but He works through His His system, this, this system, and within the system, He is training us according to all those different characteristics, and as you. As you walk by the Holy Spirit, you will begin to know what kind of characteristics you have. Oh, I'm like an apostle. I'm like a prophet. I have a prophetic um, characteristic. I have this teaching characteristic. Of course, there are people who have all those four characteristics being revealed through them. But one of the most distinct characteristics that is being revealed through me is, is this apostolistic. Characteristic. I'm a person who established this uh, system of the truth or the structure of truth. So uh, to me, it's it's, this apostle. And so, Holy Spirit and church cannot be divided. If you are confirmed, if you are sure that you are a church, then you must live by the Holy Spirit. And look, if you live by the Holy Spirit, there is nothing in this world that should be problematic to you. And if you feel something is very burdensome, and if you feel worried about something, that's clear evidence that you are not living by the Holy Spirit. So when, when your circum, in your circumstances, if you don't have money, that itself does not should, be, should not be a problem to you. This is something that we all will experience later. But if you live by the Holy Spirit, even the death will not become a problem to you. And in fourth session, a Message of Rome, Book of Romans. It's one of the most important message of the Holy Spirit, about the Holy Spirit. That's something that you that message was a message that you should continuously meditate on if you live by the flesh then you will surely die but if you live by the spirit and kill the, the way the way of the flesh then you will live this is something that you should keep remind yourself and this should be like a fountain that keeps coming out, well, from within yourself And, and, and we are the ones who are, are in the process of completing the sanctification and how does paul describe this he's he's describing himself as he he's fighting this severe battle within himself that he describes himself as a, a um
1: but
0: anyways but God's plan to us, His purpose to us. He does not just want us to be a, a uh, this is namely righteous people, but He wants us to become practically righteous people who can um, fully enjoy all the, the abundance of the kingdom of God. And Paul is describing this as a goal of our salvation. And there is no other, other purpose in the Bible that is saying to the saints, besides the perfection of this sanctification. So our only goal of our religious life should be should be this, this this completion of the sanctification. But as we have been died to the cross, but but if we choose choose the old self once again it will keep being revived in us. But that's the process of us being this practical practical righteousness. Practical righteous. And what's the only what's the only image of us in our religious life? To choose him and not being lazy to him. So if we become lazy, then we cannot live by him. In Book of Proverbs, it keeps the the author of the Proverbs keep emphasized to be diligent and not be lazy. Not to be lazy. But in the New Testament too, many authors are keep telling us not to be lazy and keep, be be diligent to keep dying to ourselves. Then, then, as we keep dying to ourselves, our our fleshly and energy will um, begin to dis- be disappeared from us, and you will be able to sense your new self, your your energy of your new self keep being arise within you. So all those worries and, and burdens should be disappeared. That's why we have we, we talked about. And and last week we began talking about spiritual gifts. And spiritual gifts, because it is being manifested, many people are misunderstanding these as as the result of the the presence. But but of course there are tendencies that this presence determines the manifestation of the spiritual gifts but the purpose of paul describing all those spiritual gifts is that he wants to emphasize that it's it must be resulted according to your your life with your indwelling holy spirit so spiritual gifts has been only appeared in in the text once and in 1960s, there there was this this person John Wimber. I'm not sure his name, but but after after those those uh, many um, trends or or those those series of people who are emphasizing the spiritual gifts, there were not many churches who have sustained those well. Why? Because they missed the point that this the spiritual gifts are determined according determined by the life with the indwelling Holy Spirit. Just as we said in Book of John, Holy Spirit lets you know about sin, righteousness and judgment. But, but letting those um pushing those behind and just just emphasizing the spiritual gifts itself does not have much meaning. But why? Why is Paul talking about spiritual gifts in the book of Corinthians? Because it's the matter of the worship.
1: So
0: what's the relationship between spiritual gifts and the worship? Because each and every one of you, you guys are the channels of the Holy Spirit, of course, there are more than two hundred people sitting down here and and it is impossible for all of you to show the manifestation of the Holy Spirit but within the small groups within the cell groups or within your intercession team, we need to be able to reveal these these um image of the worship that is being described in Corinthians chapter 14. So look at today's title. Worship that is like a splendid orchestra conducted by the Holy Spirit. Isn't that an amazing title? Are you guys sensing something? So why? Why did Paul begin to talk about spiritual gifts? Because Holy Spirit, he wants to open this worship through the spiritual gifts worship should be the worship that we should um, worship him with all our might and all our strength and all our spirit and in the Old Testament uh, through all those offerings burnt offerings he lets us know and through all those different offerings he lets us know how we should have relationship between God and it's all about worship in book of Hebrews those who goes before God um, they should experience the freedom it's about the offering the worship and today god will uh, bless us with his glory and as a spoils of war to the uh, southern america uh, conference he will give us his glory but anyways as we uh, worship him but with with our our heart and in our truth the spiritual revealing of the spiritual gifts is so natural and many uh, throughout many years people are misunderstanding about these spiritual gifts that they they consider the spiritual gifts something that is being revealed through only special people there are many of you who are misunderstanding spiritual gifts like that. That you need to, you know, fast many days in order to show these spiritual gifts, and it happens only to few spe- few special people. And many um. Many organizations, they, they, you know, describe the spiritual gifts or listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit as something very, uh, um, very, as a method or, or as a, as an instruction or something like that. But it's like this: if you go to America, if you go to U.S., um, whether you like it or not, you must, you must speak English in order to survive there, right? Mm. The same. It's the same. The the matter is you need to live by the Holy Spirit. You need to live by the kingdom of God. Of course, if you are not born again, then it does not matter to you. But if you are born again and if you have Holy Spirit indwelling in you, to those kingdom of God is in you too, right? Then it is natural for you to live by the Holy Spirit and it's natural for you to show the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, which is spiritual gifts. But those who are not living by the Holy Spirit, their spiritual life, their religious life is just religion itself. So it's very weird to them. And spiritual gift, it must be very natural. Of course, of course, the core thing of the spiritual gifts is to live and sustain your pure and holy life through the Holy Spirit. And many years ago, when I was in the us I, I, had, I worked in, in downtown LA for a few months, and I saw, I saw many many beggars and homeless people around my workplace, and even even the homeless people there, they smoked American cigarettes. Why? Because they lived in America It's the same. If we live by the kingdom of God these spiritual gifts must be natural to us if you live by the holy spirit it, it must be easy to us and what's the reason why you cannot do so is because you're living by the flesh so the spiritual gift itself has a focus on the worship and the focus of the worship itself is in the relationship of, between god and us so so the ultimate goal of the worship is to meet god and there's the most important reason why we are having the worship if you if you tell one another oh our pastor why is pastor so uh, good looking today then that's that's over that's over the only thing that you should experience through the worship is to meet God and in order to do so you need to live by the Holy Spirit if you begin to become a channel of the Holy Spirit then it will be natural for you to show all the spiritual gifts too and the practical image of the, that kind of worship appears in chapter 14 of 1st Corinthians. How, how the spiritual gifts um, affect and influence and being used in the worship. And the problem, the issue that this Corinthian church has gone through was these, these extreme people who emphasized gifts of the Spirit. of course um, this message of chapter 14 is something that I have uh, preached to you many years ago but, but I have not emphasized I have not emphasized of the indwelling holy Spirit back then why because because you guys were not familiar with the spiritual gifts back then but But now many of you are experiencing the spiritual gifts now, so So now I am emphasizing the indwelling Holy Spirit instead of gifts itself So I defined uh, spiritual gifts is something uh, This revealing of the indwelling Holy Spirit And last week I said this The reason why the spiritual gifts became an issue in in Christian church, it's because they did not acknowledge the Holy Spirit as a person. He has a personality. What's the definition of a person? He does. He has his own likes and dislikes. And if we are being being intimate with the world, he begins to hate that. And in the Bible, Holy Spirit is being described like a like a child it's clear he, ha- he has a distinct distinct different characteristics from from the father god and the son god jesus in most cases he does not tell tell us tell us um that how can you do that i don't like that but but if you are entering into the deeper relationship with, with this triumph god without explaining it you will immediately know who is talking to you my children um, they they can distinguish who is calling them whether it's is their father or their mother Living by the Triumph God is the same. It should be clear. Walk of the Father God, walk of the Son God, and especially the Holy Spirit, the Spirit God. And the personality of Spirit, the reason why it's important is because He's like a child. And especially uh, Spirit God, He hates to those that are unpure, unholy, that are like the world. and even jesus said even jesus said um well you can be forgiven be forgiven if you reject me but you will not be forgiven if you reject the holy spirit and holy spirit in terms of time and in terms of space he is the most intimate per, uh, person who is spending time with us so so he must be the, the one who we must have the most intimate relationship with. When, when God dwelled in Mount Sinai to to the Israelites, even then Israelites uh, feared God so much. Then, in 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 Leviticus, where did God move into? He moved into into within the tribe of Israelites. So. How would what kind of life would Israelites live as as that God that they feared so much came to dwell within them? So these Israelites, as God began to dwell dwell within them, they feared God that much. So anyways look that God as he begins to live within them that's a fear but at the same time at the same time if the Israelites does not have any issue or problem within their holiness what kind of relationship would they have to God they would do you think they would just continuously have fear no they would have begin to have intimacy with God too so in book of Psalms um, those intimacy will only be allowed to those who fear God. But now, where where does our Holy Spirit indwells within us? So for for certain period of time, you might fear Him, but you must begin to have intimacy with Him. For certain period of time, you must have the fear because you must fear. Uh, of yourself being contaminated by those worldly things or those things that you might receive that Holy Spirit dislikes. Uh, But if you continue to acknowledge who is indwelling, um, indwelling in you, then you will be able to sense your status of Holy Spirit keep leading before you. You should be able to sense, oh, He's leading me in this way, in that way. In this direction that direction so that's how much important this intimacy between Holy Spirit is so if you say live by the Holy Spirit what does that mean it means you should have the fear and the intimacy at the same time in book of Isaiah what's one of the nicknames of this this spirit, Holy Spirit who has these seven different names he's the fearing spirit and the fear uh, builds and constructs the worship and this God is God who is completely completely we cannot even describe he he's completely different from us so that's the reason why we are fearing him of course we have been created by the image of God and he is calling us as his heir and he gave us all his glory but but we cannot close the close the gap between us and him. And we cannot solve this difference. But we are keep imitating his image and we are keeping um, approaching close to him but as we approach to him more and more we begin we we continue to realize how how much of a difference there exists between us and him. That's an irony between as we live by Him, as we approach to Him, as we begin to know more about His glory, there's, there's this difference that we begin to know and understand. So live by the Holy Spirit and live by the kingdom of God. In a certain period of time in our church. I, I have been saying if you if you stay in your church for a for certain period of time, spiritual gifts will be naturally be manifested through you. Of course there are difference in, in terms of time to many people, but if you live by the holy, holy spirit and if you live by the kingdom of God, it is natural to show and manifest the spiritual gifts frankly speaking spiritual gifts is one of the most fundamental things most basic things if you live by the Holy Spirit all the spiritual gifts must be manifested but what's the issue you are not living by the Holy Spirit you are not living by the holiness that's the reason why your spiritual gifts are not being manifested. In that perspective, in that sense, I keep emphasizing and insisting these the importance of the spiritual gifts. But in as as, as God uh, trains us for the last 24 years, uh, God wants to recover and restore this uh, glory of the early churches. What's the greatest, what's one of the greatest Glory that they experienced back then was the glory of the worship, and we, we, we have grasped the the that glory a little bit. But and our church have also experienced that that kind of glory a little bit in, during the time of revival back in 2005 and 6 and one of the clear um evidence that we experienced i mean i mean one of the um thing that we experienced back then if 10 people came to our church 9 people ran away Let's move on let's begin talking about spiritual gifts today so we live by the Holy Spirit this is not something that that's far away from us you need to continue to live by the Holy Spirit do not be deceived by the world now our, our community our community must live by the Holy Spirit we must restore the glory of the early churches especially the glory of the worship you guys are remnants, right? And core, core, characteristics of the remnants is there are two things, which is securing the truth and securing the worship. In Book of Hebrews, all the assembly of the heavens being, being, uh, covering, covering the church. Today we want to meet that God. Let's begin. First one chapter 14 verse 1 is like a declaration of declaration of you know to to pursue the love we heard um, chapter 12 last week and we skipped chapter 13 and gifts of love is also also um a gift in 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 greek it's christmas which means which means gift i mean it is being translated as gift in english so there's no problem but in the church church must be the one who should show the same love according to the same spirit to especially in one one spiritual current one spiritual flow um they should be able to lift up the same spiritual flow in the worship and today it applies the same. Of course, in today's worship, God is keep pouring His things and if we receive, if we receive everything from Him and as we, as we show our love to the one who is sitting next to us, we should be able to confirm our love. So love, that is being described in chapter 13 and we will we'll will talk this li- later today and as we are explaining you know, describing ourselves as a body of of the church we are saying that our body parts cannot be divided from the body and same love that comes from the head of the church which is jesus christ is uh, being flowed to all different parts of the body in in the same level and, and in the church uh, ruling of the ruling of the head of the church which is Jesus Christ he applies to applies same same to the church and the kingdom of god and within the church of god if they do not have love then there, there's no meaning even if we have all the characteristics of the spirituality what are we aiming for we want to become the relationship that we could even uh, give up on our lives. So, within your relationship between your brothers in the church, you should be able to confess one another, I want to be church to you, which means I can lay down my life for you. So, let's bless one another, I want to be a church to you. Our church for last 24 years as we are being trained of course there are many things that hinders us but we are now understanding what it means to have this loving relationship this is one of the most important thing within the worship as we receive everything Including the love from the head of, head of the church, we could we should be able to um, show that same love to our brothers and sisters. This is the discipline of the church discipline of the brothers so so follow the way of the love, follow the way of love. Um, Paul is saying that uh, Corinthian church have lost the love they begin to fight one another, they begin to have quarrels. And there are many churches who are like this in in today, right? But if you have quarrels in your church, then that's that's over. Of course, uh, there were some issues in our church, but there were no quarrels or 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 conflicts in our church for last 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 24 years. So. So follow the way of love. It means within your community, within your community, you should be able to build the love from that comes from God and spiritual gifts. Uh, two spiritual gifts, the path and the road is important, which uh, which comes from the structure of the church. So. No matter how nice your sport your car is, if you are running, if you are driving on a um, on, if you are driving on an off road, then then what good would it be? So you know, as you guys know, those nice cars like Ferrari, Lamborghini, something like the the car is so low that even the the coke can cannot um, pass under the, that car, right? Just like that, the road must be nice in order for a nice car to go fast, go well. And what should what should cover that road in the church by love? So this road it must be a road of love all the paths that we have gone through we went through this process uh, process um, to, to cover cover our road by love so if, if the road is nice there's no problem of the spiritual gifts to be, be manifested. So, in many perspectives, this love is important. If you have a love, everything, everything will be manifested. Do you love one another? You need to first love God.
1: By all, with
0: all your strength and all your might and all your heart, you need to love God. And then, then you need to love your neighbors, who are your body. You need to love them too. last 24 years through many tribulation and suffering God built God built that that road that love you have been trained well to work within within that love of course there are some some um, difficulties but anyways follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit in chapter 12 apostle paul did not say spiritual gift but instead he said um uh, spiritual things here when paul is saying eagerly desire for spiritual things he's saying desire for the holy spirit of course he he used the term pneuma which means um spirit but in many perspectives but in many perspectives i can say many different things but the core message must beyond do not live according to those things that that you see through your physical eyes so we should not be be shaken by the things that we see with our eyes we are fighting against those are unseen if you don't have money is that a physical uh, issue that you can see or or not it is but but the, the real issue is up, upon the things that you, that is unseen so you need to be able to solve those unseen things in order to solve those things that that you can physically see so you need to continuously uh, desire the spiritual things christians in that matter in that sense are the ones who, who are professionals who, who can solve those Solve those unseen things in the world. Let's say, let's say a person comes to me and give me some money, and Pastor, please uh, buy some stocks and please make more money for me. Would I? Because I'm not a professional of buying stocks and like that. So I would I would I do do that? No. So, um, why should Christians be professional at? Professional at? Christians must be professional at uh, solving the spiritual things. So look, no matter what kind of job you have, what kind of professional, profession you have, your main job must be spiritual things living spiritual life Ever since I met the Holy Spirit I became a professional of solving spiritual things deliver out demons curing people healing people so so paul is saying what paul is saying is to desire for spiritual things unseen things all important things are unseen what we see is nothing what we see does not matter to to us they are not the object of our our battle Let's say I I have a quarrel with the deacon, then do you think that I should fight against him? No, I should be able to fight against these unseen spirits that are uh, manipulating him behind him. Let's say if your if your wife if your wife begins to um hassle you, then do you think uh would you should you hate her? No. You should be able to sense and distinguish the spirit that works behind her. You need to be able to um, diagnose what kind of spirit is working behind the situation. So this should be a discipline that you should apply to your life every every day. And it should be clear. What's important is, is not something that we see through our eyes. One of the main channels that that draws the worldly power the most is is our sight, desire of our sight. What's the strongest channel of the world in this in this age? A cell phone. And these these evil spirits they understand so well how how to influence influence us. And what does that mean? That means that our eyes are so important in the spiritual world. Our noose, our our mind. So anyways, especially um, especially prophecy in verse one. In chapter fourteen Paul, out of all spiritual gifts, he emph- be- begin to emphasize this prophecy. Why? What's the reason? Is it because uh, prophecy is the most important spiritual gift out of all? Well, in a way, yes. But not because uh, he is comparing different spiritual gifts, but but because he is emphasizing these this worship. This worship and within the worship, this prophecy has one of the most important role within the worship. And our eschatology, of course, it is talking about the end time. But what's the core message of the eschatology? It weighs the importance of now the time we're experiencing now to God there's no past or future he is always present If you do not meet God and if you do not meet God now and just keep look back 20 years before that you have met him back then that does not have any meaning you need to meet him right now because he is present God so prophecy, of course, it is right to s- describe the prophecy that it is describing something that will happen later in the future. But in, in this uh, time background, in the early church, in the uh, Corinthian church, this prophecy is showing, showing what is happening at that time. So in, in a way, it, it probably was like a sermon. Of course you have you have done many things in this worship. You have prayed uh, you have sang praise songs and you have prayed, but what's the most important thing? To listen to the sermon and to reveal the spiritual things. All those hurts and contaminations that you have received throughout the week and all the evil things.
1: You should be able to uh,
0: realize all this through through the sermon. So so prophecy here when Paul says especially desire desire the prophecy,
1: he's emphasizing
0: this prophetic anointing that is being poured throughout the sermon. So that's the reason why Paul is emphasizing that. He's not saying, compared to all the other different spiritual gifts, prophecy is the best known. It's because this prophecy had a a form of sermon back then. That's the reason why it had the most important role within the worship back then. And he's comparing speaking in tongues and the prophecy why because, because within the prophecy to some people through through some people or their prophecy is being manifested through through the um through speaking in tongues and as you as you see here three spiritual gifts are, are especially being, being emphasized. Um, prophecy, and speaking in tongues, and interpreting the speaking in tongues. Why? Because those three things were very important in terms of the worship back then. There, if someone is beginning to speak in tongues, there must be someone who can interpret the tongue, tongue prayer. Why? Because, because if the spiritual realm is not clear, God will begin to open this prophetic anointing through through the tongues. So in that context, well, it should be easy for you to understand this chapter 14. So let's begin. Verse two to
1: five.
0: He's comparing these manifestation of tongue prayer and a prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue, does not speak to people, but to God. So let's say if someone begin praying, someone prayed in Korean language. If someone prayed in Korean language, and someone, and he, uh, let's say he he prayed in Korean. Well it matters that who is praying in Korean so you have you guys have never heard me praying in um, praying in tongue when I'm doing the representative prayers Sometimes um, even, the, even the evil spirits understand what we are praying about so they can, they can interfere the prayer and they can hinder the prayer. But if you have spiritual authority, then, then these evil spirits cannot hinder and affect the prayer. And one of the weakness that we might experience when we pray in our own native language is that the evil spirit can interfere but um, if you pray in tongues um, in, ch- in verse 2 he says paul says uh, who speaks in tongue does not speak to people but to god indeed no one understands them they utterly mysteries by the god but one of the problem uh, and the weakness of speaking in tongue is that even the person who is speaking in tongue does not understand why he's praying about so that's the importance of the interpretation. So it is natural for for those people who are praying in tongue uh, will become able to interpret their own prayer. Um, no one understands and they, they utter mysteries by the Spirit. So what it means that they utter mysteries? It means that through the speaking in tongues, whether it's a prayer or a tongue prayer, if it's being being insisted by the Holy Spirit, if it's being led by the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit understands what I am praying about, what I will um, experience, and what what's the biggest problem within me or anything. He understands everything, especially our hurts and our problems, our issues, our emotions. He understands so well and he will uh, experience everything through our tongue prayer and because they utter mystery through the tongue prayer holy spirit lets us understand that so i said this once let's say when you were like five or six or seven and and the hurts and wounds that you have experienced back then you can you can remember that right but But things that happened when you were um, in the womb of your mother or something like that, you cannot remember that, right? But throughout the interpretation of the tongue prayer, these mysteries are being revealed. So these different mysteries that are are being revealed through through the tongue prayer. Back in the days there was a conference. There was this one conference that I there was this one session that I healed seven um, people who could not hear. And, and within those seven people there was this one person that, that um, this healing was not being manifested well, but as uh, as Holy Spirit revealed one secret of that person, spiritual secret, um, he immediately uh, he was healed as he heard that secret. So anyways, within your life, within my life, within my life, um, During the conversation of that person, I I did not sense anything. But after one day, if I look back in time, uh, Holy Spirit lets me know um, what kind of spirit have been influenced through that conversation or something. So if if you speak in tongue, if you pray in tongue, Holy Spirit lets you know these secrets. So these mysteries are important. There are many benefits of the speaking in tongues. Someone might misunderstand that Paul is regarding speaking in tongues as a as a non-important thing. No! Praying in tongues is one of the main keys to open other spiritual gifts because it allows it allows us to open up many secrets and mysteries. You know of course there are characteristics of your tongue prayer but you should be able to speak in many different tongues what does it mean it's true through, through the anointing your tongue prayer must have must show different characteristics back then in the early churches uh, many people were able to proclaim different languages through their tongue prayers even yesterday, when I was praying, I sensed my tongue prayer being changed about seven times.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so
0: So Paul is not not regarding tongue prayer as a a non-important thing. Instead, he is emphasizing the reason why we should be able to speak in tongues and pray in tongues. Two years ago, you guys remember that, right? I was laying down on the floor. I prayed nearly two hours without resting. I just kept praying in tongues, but many people experienced delivering out the evil, evil spirit. Anyways, as these spiritual mysteries are being revealed through your tongue prayer, um, the sound itself does not matter. But the anointing,
1: the anointing must...
0: Um, Be present within your tongue prayer There are some some time or period that I have um, this loving relationship between God and I pray within that relationship. Of course, um, you can interpret that tongue prayer, but but it is undescribable uh, within our language.
1: <laughs>
0: so there are different tongues. Uh, tongues um, expressing the love, expressing uh, the might. So it is being determined by the Anointing. And we are now experiencing this recover, recovering of restoration of that, the different tongue prayers. Sometimes I experience my tongue prayers being changed within different languages. So, you guys look, my son, Yongwang, he he can imitate many different people's tongue prayer, but he cannot imitate my tongue prayer. Why? Because my tongue prayers keep changed. So, you should be able to um, pray in tongues in different ways, in different, uh, different forms. In book of Psalms, david he was so amazed how how many thoughts does god has toward him within our community you should be able to experience our tongue prayers uh, beginning to to uh, influence one another and bless one another and have the inspiration to pray for one another through the prayer not it should not um, happen to to the senior pastor himself, but to all the community members. Of course, I believe that all of you are praying for one another, and you guys are praying for the needs of the one another, but, but more than that, you should be able to pray according to God's inspiration toward one another. You should be able to tell one another um, and reveal the spiritual secrets to, to each each and every one of you. Lesson 1. Verse 3. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. So it appears in verse 4 to anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but but the one who prophesies edifies the church. It is true that. The praying in tongues edifies, edifies the individual, but if you yourself is being edified, um, what? how does that apply to the church? It is edifying the church too, right? So directly, directly praying in tongues is important because it is edifying ourselves. Uh, and prophecy which it was sermon back then why was it was it important to the church because it edifies uh, all the church members so the word edifies it means it is building the church so all the spiritual gifts in chapter 12 it is saying It is saying that it is being described in chapter 12 all the spiritual gifts are given through the spirit so so it is being given by one same spirit who who should be glorified through that spirit god so if you uh, let's say if you healed someone what's god's purpose through the healing he wants to let us know and understand oh God is the one who has done this. So spiritual gifts, it's not important for us to to receive or what kind of uh, spiritual gifts should I receive or something like that. But if you want to uh, reveal the spiritual gifts, you need to have power, right? The machines work. Uh, if, only if it has energy, right? Just like that, you need to have the anointing as you live according to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will sustain that anointing within you. That indwelling Holy Spirit will begin to have the power. And of course, it is important for you to sustain the presence too. Then, then the Holy Spirit will begin to have this light circulation relationship between you and he will not be bound and he will begin to make you holy and he will begin to uh, remove all the hindrance within you so so um, in verse 3 in verse 3 encouraging encouraging is like it's like speaking on behalf of, for the person. Is defending the person. It's like proclaiming the righteousness for the person. So through the spiritual gifts of prophecy, uh, spiritual gifts of sermon, many people will receive the righteousness and they will be able to be encouraged through that. And comfort, comfort is Is to allow help one to see recover the strength. This process must happen within you too. Are you guys being uh, built within God? Is this encouragement being uh, taking place within you? This should be clear. Are you dozing off?
1: No, you should not be. Let's
0: move on. Verse five. Verse five. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, so of course paul is saying Paul is saying um, he considers five uh, prophecies uh, more worthy rather have you prophecy than you know speaking in tongues, but he's not con- he 's not like considering the uh, tongue prayers as an unworthy things. It should be clear you should not misunderstand this Paul is not considering tongue prayer as an unworthy thing useless thing but anyways uh, in verse five but I would rather have you prophesy the one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues is the reason why we should pray in tongue prayers is because for our benefit in our in our personal prayers no because for for the benefit of the worship in the church so let's move on to chapter six to twelve. From here from here appears appears the the problems that the tongue prayer without spiritual spiritual guidance will bring within the worship in chapter six uh, yeah, verse six brothers and sisters if I come to you and speak in tongues what good will will I be to you uh, look at verse 16 verse 16 uh, Paul said otherwise when you are praising God in the spirit how can someone else who is now putting in the position of any inquirer say amen to your thanksgiving since they do not know what you are saying Paul back then uh, blessed someone he, but through through tongue prayer why? through that tongue prayer you know through, through the benediction now is a blessing or uh, something like that when I speak in Korean you guys would receive the same same um, faith that I am pro- proclaiming and you guys understand in the same level but if I bless you through the tongue prayer he, uh, God will allow um, the blessings that will be allowed through, through your interpretation so because this interpretation is very dynamic it, it is being determined by how you are interpreting the tongue prayer So that's the reason why Paul um, blessed people through tongue prayer. Because tongue prayer is a very dynamic language. So, I keep emphasizing this every day. Um, what kind of thought you had while you are praying in tongue is not necessarily an interpretation of your tongue prayer. But we'll talk about this later too.
1: Um,
0: unless I bring you some revelation, or knowledge, or prophecy, or word of instruction. So, when it is being revealed, you should be able to understand it clearly. But if you pray in tongues, there will be people who cannot understand it. So Paul is saying, people should be able to understand it. Whether it's Arabic, whether it's Greek, you should be able to understand it in order to uh, realize and learn the lesson. So in that term, in in that context, if, and if no one understands the tongue prayer and if I bless, bless you guys in tongue prayer, w- would that be beneficial to you? No for seven even in the case of lifeless things that make sounds such as pipe or harp, hi- pipe or harp
1: these uh, musical
0: instruments they do not have life right but if you put meaning within your place within your musical notes that that brings um, uh, inspiration or or amazement to those who hear that but what Paul is saying here that if you play that without any meaning then they would ha- not have any importance or any uh, value if you play it when you, it only matters when you play the musical instruments um, with some kind of meaning toward that that's when it has any value right so within tongue prayer tongue prayer is like it's, it's like it's like a frequency that is given being lifted up to God when you pray according to the Holy Spirit if you understand the will of God and understand the will of the Holy Spirit He will um, through the tongue prayer He will allow us to lift up this frequency that meets God's will and God understands what? That's tongue prayer but if you do not have if you do not understand that will tongue prayer will just naturally become meaningless uh, sounds so look there are many cases that you cannot interpret your tongue prayer. That means, that means you have many, many things, many evil things or your worries or shame or anything, many things that hinders your right relationship between God. So you need to get rid of those before you lift up your prayer. So if you listen to, um, if you listen to tongue prayer, it is easy for you to just uh, understand what kind of status that person is. Anyways, let's move on. So, verse 8, again, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, so trumpet is the same when there is a war, the trumpet must sound. Um, make the right sound in order to in order to in order to sound the alarm (coughs) let's move on verse 9 so it is with you unless you speak intelligible words with your tongue how will anyone know what you're saying so making sound itself does not matter it's not important In in the <coughs> during the vineyard movement back then, they began to make these animal sounds. So you need to be able to uh, sense the the difference, sense the danger within within the sound itself. <coughs> I'm saying is the sound does not matter. Sound itself does not matter. But when there's anointing, the sound you make will change too. What matters is that do you really have the meaning that God wants within the sound that you are making? That that's what matters. Verse 10 undoubtedly there are all sorts of languages in the world yet none of them is without meaning what paul is saying here is that there are many different tongues but there are not many uh, tongue prayers that has meaning verse 11 if that if then i do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying i am a foreigner to the speaker and the speaker is a foreigner to me it, it's, right it's clear right if someone is speaking english and if i'm speaking japanese those two are foreigners right In Yerbang Church, there are many foreigners, Um, but there's this one mystery. Someone is speaking English, and some other kids are speaking Korean, but they understand each other. from verse 12 to 19 so how should tongue prayer be in order for that to be beneficial to the worship so Paul is saying "Mm, so it is with you since you are eager for the gifts of the Spirit try to excel in those that build up the church he's saying he wants us to desire the Spirit why because he wants us to live holy then, in that case, we can, uh, we can desire the spiritual gifts too. We need to be able to examine ourselves whether we are um, desiring the whole, uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit according to our will or God's will. And Paul is saying, try to excel in those that build up the church. Um, In Korean translation, there appears this word abundance. But anyways, so that abundance is connected to God's existence, God's existence, God's characteristic. When Holy God comes, the glory will naturally follow and it will rule over us. So, kingdom of God, church of God, it in it itself has the presence of God. When when God's church comes, He will it will naturally bring the rule of God, which which will bring the abundance, power, and that's why He's calling us praise of glory. Why? Because God has appointed that glory to us. That's why we are the royal children. So through that one word, glory, you need to be able to understand who you are, the identity of who you are. So this abundance, when God comes to us through His glory, He will unravel everything to His church, His kingdom. So... So the spiritual gifts, not only one spiritual gift, but also all the spiritual gifts, if it is needed, will be revealed through His church. If it's love, if it's revelation, or spiritual gifts, His power, authority, all the things, when Kingdom of God comes, it will bring all together to the church. So in the church, if you are professional at only one thing, that's that's the problem. But you should be able to be professional at all things. Word, the truth, healing, deliverance, power, authority, everything if it is needed. That's how you guys have been trained. Why? Because you are under this life discipline. Within kingdom of God, everything must be abundant and harmonized. And one of the most important messages that we will see later today is the order. So within that order, Within that order, everything must be unraveled. So in order for the Holy Spirit to work within the order, what should we have? The truth. So the Holy Spirit and the truth cannot be separated. So fullness of the Holy Spirit is fullness of truth. So you should be able to understand how important this truth is. Let's move on. So verse 13 for this reason the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret what they say so look here this tongue prayer in terms of worship or in terms of their personal prayer uh, it's not necessary that we should we must interpret our tongue prayer during our personal prayer it is not necessary of course uh, it might not bring benefit because it will not bear fruit in their heart, the Holy Spirit will later um, fulfill that prayer. But within within the worship, within the worship, you must experience this interpretation of the tongue prayer. So within your tongue, within your personal prayer, your your percentage of prayer and your, your prayer in your native language must be mixed. Anyways, what, what matters, what requires the interpretation is these, um, the worship, within the worship. During your salgur meeting, your 24 hours prayer meeting, you should be able to e- eagerly desire for this interpretation last 24 years god has given us everything and one of only one reason that we cannot do so is our unbelief our brothers are you guys are you guys able to interpret your tongue prayers? Verse 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So this is the evidence of a tongue prayer. This is the image of a tongue prayer that is not being interpreted. And Paul returned to the personal prayer in order to emphasize the importance of the interpretation. Until now, he has been talking about tongue prayer in the perspective of a worship now he he is talking about the personal prayer and the damage that will be caused cannot that can be caused during the personal prayer when when someone is praying in tongues without interpretation is is not being able to bear fruit in their heart because they cannot understand what they are praying about of course holy spirit will will bear fruit in their life but within that person's heart he cannot understand what he is praying about so so within his heart he cannot immediately receive the fruit so in that term in that perspective interpretation is important and from verse 15 there appears how should how should you pray so so what should I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. So normally, so normally, normal pattern, ordinary pattern is is you pray in tongue prayer and you interpret. You pray in tongue prayer and then you interpret. And if you begin to pray, uh, pray in that kind of pattern and that kind of process, you should be able to sense that, oh, I am interpreting my tongue prayer. There are many times that I pray in tongues, and are, then I interpret. Then I pray in tongues and I interpret. So this pattern—if you see this kind of pattern in your prayer life—then you should be able to sense and understand that. Oh, I am uh, interpreting my tongue, tongue prayer. And there are some of you. There are some of you who, as you are keep praying in tongue prayer, you you can sense sense within your mind that you what you're praying about but it is not always um, it's, it's not always that always true that you are interpreting the tongue prayer only those who have been continuously living by the holy spirit only to those it is right that they are uh, interpreting the tongue prayer but those who are not living by the holy spirit it is not um, you cannot guarantee that even though you are having some kind of thoughts when you're praying in tongue, uh, you cannot guarantee guarantee that that you are interpreting your tongue prayer. So what matters is that you need to be able to sense the moving of the Holy Spirit and being able to obey to Him. And in our church's case, let me give an example of our intercession team. When when a leader gives a, a prayer subject and let's pray for this, and let's say there there's like ten people praying for one prayer subject, praying for one one subject and praying in tongues. For example, if a leader said, "Let's pray for the pastor," and everybody began praying in tongues, and and if someone interpret their different tongue prayers, um, their all of their prayer. Um, prayer subjects must be uh, praying about pastor but within the intercession team there are there are people who are praying according to their thoughts so so when we all so because because our church has confirmed the church within us that's the reason why these everybody tongue praying in tongue does not become problematic to us And once when I entered into this one intercession team, but only two out of seven people were able to pray in one subject. So I emphasize, I insist people, I tell people, command the intercession team to solve the spiritual issue first in order to have unify the same spiritual flow within the, the intercession team before they begin to pray for, for different subjects. So anyways, so if you sense yourself not um, having a good spiritual status, uh, instead of praying in tongues, it's better for you to pray in your native language. Because you, you cannot sense what Holy Spirit wants you to pray about. Anyways, what matters is to pray in tongues and interpreting, interpreting, praying in tongue, and interpreting. It's not like a, um, the pattern itself is not important, but it, it's an evidence of you living by the Spirit. singing in tongue, and um, singing in, in understanding, which is our, our language. Verse 16. Otherwise, when you are praising God in the Spirit, how can someone else who is now put in the position of inquirer say amen to your thanksgiving? So, because when when Paul blessed people through the tongue, pray, tongue prayer, because God's intention to bless each and everyone was a little different, uh, that's the reason why Paul blessed all different people in tongue prayers. So let's say if anyone, everyone can can interpret in tongue. Um, I can bless them with with the tongue prayer in spirit, right? They can interpret themselves what kind of blessing they would, that that they would receive through God.
1: So,
0: so when when Paul is blessing it blessing the community community with the spirit those people who cannot understand that cannot receive the the, the blessing by amen so in corinthian church um, corinthian church was a church that had the most immature level of the spirit in paul's eyes and and the reason why Paul did not say and mention about these spiritual things within, within his letters to other churches is because he did not have any reason to mention about these fundamental things to those churches. Um, so, as I am preaching these, I'm, even myself is not mentioning and emphasizing about the spiritual gifts. I am telling you guys the, the issue of living by the Holy Spirit. And not living by the world. So you need to be able to repent if you are not experiencing things. Verse 17. You are giving thanks well enough, but no one else is edified because people, there were people who did not understand what Paul is blessing about. They were not edified. Verse 18, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. When Paul is saying, I speak more tongues than you, what does that mean? Does it mean he is praying in tongues longer than others? Well, that can be. But more than that, in, verse, uh, in chapter 12, Um, in in context of chapter 12, uh, Paul is saying he probably was able to um, pray in more different tongues than others. Back then, these early churches, uh, they were able to listen to the voice of the angels and interpret what they say. But in practical ways, sometimes these listening to the voice of the angels or sound of the angels are needed. And some some of our ministers are able to listen to the evil spirits in terms of spiritual discernment, they are needed to listen to those, those voices. There were many people in our church back then, back in the days, who were praying in, in the voice of the evil spirit. Why? Because they were under this difficult spiritual situation. But anyways, verse 19, I never met verse 18 because Paul, under under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, he was the one who were, who was able to pray in many different tongues. So I blessed that you guys would be able to become like that too. So if the anointing is being changed, your tongue prayer will change in sounds. Verse 19, But in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. So in that sense, so in that sense, to those who cannot interpret the tongue prayers, um, it is better, if he would rather speak in intelligible words uh, in his native language to teach them. So Paul is not, Paul is not saying that speaking in tongue prayers is unworthy. Or useless Uh, but in my my own personal opinion i think uh, praying in tongue is the most basic spiritual gift in order to open up other spiritual gifts why because you need to be able to understand the will of the holy spirit let's move on verse
1: 20
0: paul is saying how how practically in terms of worship the tongue prayer should be used from verse tw- 20 to the end Paul is emphasizing the order spiritual order the reason why the, the reason why there uh, the quarrel has appeared in Corinthian church accord within within these spiritual gifts matter was because the, the spiritual order was fallen within the church. So in terms of spiritual gifts, they did not have a paved road, so so these spiritual gifts did not edify the church. So these people, they use the spiritual gifts in order to boast themselves, show themselves, show off. So spiritual gifts are gifts from God, but is it right for them to just show and practice their spiritual gifts in order to boast? Those are unnecessary. So wouldn't it be problematic to the Corinthian church if everyone began to show off themselves by uh, speaking in tongues or something like that? So Paul is beginning to speaking about the spiritual order. Verse 20, Brothers and sisters, stop thinking like children. In regard to evil, be infants, but in your thinking, be adults.
1: Um,
0: in Korean translation, um, it, is, it is translated like, uh, Do not uh, be like children to the wisdom. But wisdom here is not Sophia in, in, in here. But anyways, uh, it's like judgment. But this judge, this word, this term, terminology, judgment, is being used um, in terms in context of the order. So, so in many churches, the reason why people. Um, are afraid of spiritual gifts because they are not sure and they do not have a firm spiritual order and they do not have people who understand uh, understand this spiritual order and to our church last 24 years spiritual gifts never have become problematic to us and even Paul he says do not hinder the usage of the spiritual gifts and because because the spiritual orders has, uh, has fallen, normal ordinary churches they do not uh, use. they just emphasize not to use the spiritual gifts. And when someone um, manifests spiritual gifts, uh, they accuse others as heretics So judgment so paul is saying uh, become wise and discern well and in regard to evil be infants well, paul is saying all the damage or the harm of the world do not be afraid to live. but instead we because we are living in babylon we are afraid of being accused by the world and. Um, being taken away So in, in, even in Proverbs, they're saying A cursing without reason is same as chirping sounds of the birds So do not uh, Do not worry about get, getting hurt, getting wounded by the spirits What's the reason why you cannot love and embrace one another? It's because you're afraid of getting hurt by them. These are all the influence of the world, of the Babylon. So what Paul is saying, do not, do not think about it, do not consider it. Because you're living self-centered, you're key worried about what kind, of that thing, what kind of thing that you will hear from that person. That's the reason why you're afraid of ministering and you're doing, doing the worst in the church. I'm always saying this. I'm always saying this. I've been training many different ministers and pastors for the last 24 years. But how many people, you guys know how many people have betrayed me? And if I have been hurt by their betrayals, do you think I would be able to still continue to, continue to train other, other, many people? So anyways, be <coughs> infants to evil. The reason why the spiritual gifts are not being manifested to you is because because of the issue of love. The love is not being unraveled in the church. It's be- that's the reason why the spiritual gifts are not going on the right road. Why? In Corinthian church context, they were using the spiritual gifts in order to show that, show off and boast. So that's the reason why the love is the most important thing within the spiritual gifts. In order to love, what should do? What should you do? You need to be able to ignore the evil. You need to be able to ignore what ki- and not consider what kind of damage you should receive. What kind of? Um, um laws you will go through so if you're like um, if I in- invest certain amount of money um, I would get certain interest certain amount of money then that's not love if I calculate the, the interest or the gain that I am expecting from your, your you yourselves then I would have just kicked you out uh, so, so many years earlier, but have I done that? No. If you, when you love, your fear will disappear. Whether it's spiritual gift, whether it's evil spirit, if you love, then there's nothing that will be problematic. If, you, if your children are, are drowning in the water, um, does it matter whether you can swim or not? Because you don't have love, you are trying to discern discern the evil. If you are looking and seeing the glory, the, the darkness will naturally begin to be revealed. This should be clear. So, so if you do not love, you will begin to be mature in terms of evil. If your child is dirty, then then what should you do? Just go and clean clean that child, right? Do not calculate uh, how dirty would you be, how much you have to wash him off. No. So, so in verse 20, uh, be wise in wisdom. Uh, and in verse 21 in the law it is written Paul
1: uh,
0: uh, quoting Paul is quoting the Old Testament with other tongues and through the lips of the foreigners I will speak to these people and even then they will not listen to me says the Lord uh, this is he's quoting uh, book of Isaiah just like just like this verse um, even if you speak in tongues, if you do not understand that there is no meaning. And verse 22, tongues then are a sign not for believers, for unbelievers. So what is a tongue prayer? Tongue prayer is a sign for the non-believers. What does that mean when Paul is saying that it's a sign to an unbeliever? What kind of tongue prayer is he describing? He's describing this tongue prayer that is uh, speaking in different languages. But but at the end time, at the end time, this kind of tongue prayer, speaking in different languages, will be restored. The person who cannot speak a single word of Chinese will begin speaking in Chinese fluently, through, through his tongue prayer. And prophecy, however, is not for unbelievers but for believers. Because because prophecy is asking people to repent, telling people to repent and le, le, um, giving them the understanding. That's the reason why it is important in terms of worship. And verse 23, So if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues, and an inquirers or unbelievers comes in, will they not say that you are out of your mind? This is like our church, right? But what this is saying, what this verse is saying is that there were many forms of worship in the early churches. One of them was was one worship that whole family gathered all together. This one gathering of all community, just like our church here. But all the other other worships were like um, having worships in different family. And when they were having that kind of worship, they invited... Um, non-believers. That's when when the evangelism happened. That's when the repentance happened. And when they when they were confirmed that they're they're um, being reborn in the Holy Spirit, then they were invited to the community. So Paul is saying in context of a small group of small group of worship. And let's say, let's say every every uh, member who attended that worship just begins speaking in tongues um, as the the non-believers comes in, then then these non-believers will just just run away, uh, accusing them they're crazy, right? Verse twenty-four. But if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all. So this prophecy are are done um, revealing the secrets of their spirit. And many times, when after the sermon, many people confess that oh, pastor, prof. Um, Preached on behalf of me. He was talking about me But I was not directly talking to them But but because the Holy Spirit revealed the secrets within them and they experienced the revealing of the Holy Spirit within them So as I am preaching these discernment of the Spirit and this prophecy and everything is going out through me So as as a community goes through through the worship that is being lifted up in in the spirit and heart, this is natural thing that they experience. Just like Book of Ephesians, uh, the angels are, are taking notes of what is being uh, what is being revealed through the worship, and they are they are are um, telling God what happened throughout the worship verse 25 so as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare so they will fall down and worship God exclaiming God is really among you and in that context because uh, it allows people to realize God is present it is beneficial in the worship from verse 26 let's see how the early churches worshiped there were many forms, um, just like us. There were gatherings of many people, the whole community gathering in in one place to have the worship like us. And one other form is one other form was was gathering in in our gathering around uh, around the pulpit, and and one person who has a revelation go in front of the pulpit and begin speaking about his revelation and everyone will will like have a, a discussion or something like that. And one other form is one person coming up and beginning to reading the scripture, only just reading the scripture. So let's say if it was scripture of Mark, um, if they begin to just read the scripture of Mark, everyone would have um received the revelation and and the inspiration from that reading. And and last form was small groups, small different groups that is being led by the Holy Spirit. Of course many all all the worships were done done according according to the leading of the Holy Spirit and they experienced the spiritual gifts. And it was more direct of the revelation of the spiritual gift happened within the small groups and the title of today's message worship that is uh like a like an orchestra conducted by the holy spirit was was um through my experience that i experienced throughout um throughout the worship that i had with the students back then when i was uh, a pastor in in a big church back in the days i was ministering many students student group and after after every single worship everyone everyone every students they um experienced the holy spirit and uh, the the manifestation of the spiritual gifts. What's the best ratio of a co- good college between between students and a professor? It should um, be closer to one-to-one, one-to-one ratio and, and the best church. So pastors and late-member ratio must be close to one-on-one. Anyways, uh, verse 26. What then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction or revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. And word of instruction, revelation, a tongue, everything whether it is prophecy, whether it is words of wisdom, words of knowledge, these are all the revelation. And Paul is saying, oh, if the worship, if it, it is, if, it, if it has a right anointing through the worship, and if it is being led by the Holy Spirit, a revelation must take place through that worship. When, when we say revelation of, of God, that means we are meeting God. And if you do not meet God through the worship today Then that, that means that you are not You have not um, gone through the right worship But instead you have just seen You have seen and enjoyed the show well So no matter what kind of uh, spiritual gift is being revealed through me, or what kind of thing that I am being realized through the, through the worship, what's important is the revelation. If the revelation does not exist in the sermon, the sermon will just become a Logos. But instead, we should be able to experience kerygma. And the word must be Rema in order for it to work within you and, and destroy all your strongholds within you. So the repentance must take place within worship. And Revelation, there are many aspects of the Revelation, but one of the most important characteristics of the Revelation is letting you realize the evil within you. God will completely reveal everything how you have not lived by the Holy Spirit. You should be able to sense that. And to church, God will give His Spirit of revelation and wisdom. Why, why does not wisdom um, exist in the church? Because they do not have revelation wisdom is one of the method of the existence of revelation wisdom is method of working by the revelation so church must have wisdom but if god is not being revealed within the church the the wisdom cannot take place cannot exist so whether you have, uh, whether you are aware of it or not, uh, through my preach, through my preaching, through my sermon, the revelation um, came out, and you should be able to catch that. If you have worshipped in spirit and in heart, Holy Spirit will allow you to catch that. What is needed to you? Oh, in that. That's the reason why I can could not live by the Holy Spirit. Oh, this is the reason why I, I lived according to Babylon. That's the evidence of you meeting God. So, so, if you have heard the message through the Revelation, that means that you have met God. Throughout all the worship, it's not like you need to see some old man growing a beard and telling us I'm a god something like that no anyways there should be a tongue and or interpretation everything must be done so that the church may be built up so within the worship the abundance all the fullness of the spirit all this must be revealed through you as you are listening to the sermon uh, you should be able to experience your sickness being healed During the um, leaders' meeting uh, this Wednesday, I I knew because I knew this one Argentinian, a pastor atten- attending our conference. I asked Sergio, um, "Hey, is, has this person, has this pastor uh, booked his um, flight ticket?" But as as Sergio called him, um, he he told me that 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 person that pastor got sick and he scheduled a surgery within that conference conference time conference day so i called called that person immediately and and at that time it was it was very early morning in argentina but anyway he answered he picked up his phone and immediately he experienced the deliverance of the evil spirit and he was healed immediately what was surprising was that uh, even though there was no um, no no significant symptom that is being shown through him, um, he began to get his body began to get numb. So the the hospital wanted him to um, open up his. He, I, go, he, I want him, wanted him to go through a surgery, but but immediately immediately after I called him and him. He experienced the, the healing, but anyways, whether it is healing, whether it's a, you know whether it's a healing, whether it's a deliverance, all kind of spiritual gifts must be revealed through the worship. Why? Why? Because why? Because you are worshiping in spirit and in heart. you know we have many different stories right all all of that is just part of our worship fullness abundance of the worship let's move on so we didn't, did within one worship all those things must be opened Verse 27, if anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most, three should speak one at a time, and some must interpret. Paul is speaking about the order. Later appears, um, you know, way carefully and uh, Revelation comes sitting down, stop. These are all uh, these emphasis of the order. so all these um, all of these are related to to the order the order is the is the road that allows spiritual gifts to be strengthened one at a time uh, way carefully to to stop all these paul is emphasizing the spiritual order in chapter 1, Paul is saying the Corinthian church is a church that spiritual order has been fallen. So no matter what kind of spiritual gift is being manifested through them, it is not beneficial to them because the order has been fallen. Why? All the order is, is coming through through the head of the church, Jesus Christ, and the church members within that spiritual order is being blessed. so two or at the most three should speak one at a time so when, when Holy Spirit pours His anointing in the worship this within this worship a leader is not so much necessary why? Because, because those people are probably very mature when Holy Spirit pours His anointing, what kind of anointing would He pour? He would pour the anointing of prophecy He would pour prophetic anointing to three people. Let's say one person begins speaking in tongues, then Holy Spirit will raise another person to interpret for that person, according to His will. So in that context, Paul is not describing well, but what kind of anointing is being poured, anointing of prophecy. And because this uh, prophetic anointing was abundant there, they, the, the person who is interpreting will rise up. Verse 28, um, if there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. Why would, wouldn't there be a person who can interpret? There, should, there can be many reasons. Because one of, the, one, of, one of them is the tongue prayer that this, this speaker spoke was not necessary for to be spoken to the community on that day. And one of the other reasons might be uh, because of the spiritual attacks to the interpreter. Um, the interpreter was not ready to interpret the tongue prayer. And Anyways, um, no matter what kind of reason that is, Um, if if the interpreter does not exist should a person um, pray in tongues in that in that context no and paul is speaking about the order then if there's no interpreter that that tongue prayer uh, that speaker must go before god and solve that issue uh, uh, personally So you you guys can see in what kind of order this uh, prophecy or tongue prayer and interpretation is taking place. Verse twenty nine: two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. So here he is saying prophecy, but Paul is saying they are prophesying through the tongue prayer. So. Two or three people, it means that two or three people should speak in tongues. And, and of course, there there might be prophecies that are uh, spoken through the native language, right? But the reason why Paul is saying the interpreters are needed is because is because they were probably prophesying through their tongue prayers. Anyways. Um, and not only not only the, the people who are prophesying and people who are interpreting um, there are other people who are in verse 28 uh, 29 um, weighing carefully what it said but but um, Pastor Kim is saying the ones who are discerning that In modern-day church, when these things are taking place, this is a very sensitive issue. If someone someone prophesied and if other person who is discerning that prophecy says, Oh, your prophecy is wrong, uh, wouldn't that be very hurtful to the person who prophesied? No, to the early church, it did not become problematic or it did not hurt someone.
1: Why? Because they were
0: under the loving relationship. What's the arrogance? What's the arrogance? The arrogance is that my prophecy will never go wrong. But if someone if someone um, points out what is wrong in my prophecy, uh, you should be able to be thankful to, to that, that um, advice or pointing out. So in the early churches, people were all under the loving relationship so they would not get hurt by others. If that kind of thing happened in our church, we would probably fought over one another. And this kind of uh, verses show how... (coughs) what kind of relationship um, they had in the early churches. If Holy Spirit... Um, allowed one person to stand and interpret for others. Uh, they acknowledge the authority that is given by the Holy Spirit to that person. So now nowadays, God's word has no uh, less authority than a, a judge in a sports match. Even people they do not um, acknowledge God's authority in the spiritual order. So you should not take lightly of of the spiritual leadership in our in our church. Of course, relatively, our church values and weighs the spiritual leadership and spiritual order more than other churches but we should be careful to that and even some church members they do not understand what is evil what comes out from what kind of evil comes out from from their wounds telling what is evil is not the issue but uh, receiving that as a hurt and wounds, and pointing out and judging that as an evil, that's evil. So that much, we should be able to go into this loving relationship. In church, it's not like telling nice things to one another and just saying good things. No, instead being able to tell what is evil to what is evil to one another. Then that's when the church becomes beautiful. And do not receive those things as a hurt. You need to become mature as soon as possible. So if someone interprets, we need to be able to acknowledge that, that spiritual um, authority of the person that has been given by the Holy Spirit so you should be able to have the trust be, uh, between one another verse 30 and if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down the first speaker should stop uh, Paul is showing the flow of the revelation through this uh, prophecy. Let's say if there was a one speaker, uh, the spiritual flow will go to a person next to him, and the next person will will begin prophecy, prophesying. And there can be many reasons why um, Holy Spirit uh, appointed other person. Uh, one of the reason is because the first person uh, speaking prophesied wrong, wrongly. And second person might point out that's wrong or something like that. And third person who is discerning would would you know say something like that, something like um, that's right or that's wrong, something like that. So we should be able to do this, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And one other reason why the uh, anointing moved to 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 other person, uh, it's matter. In the matter of scale, if someone says, uh, "You need to go ten kilometers to to that place, then the other person might correct that person um you know it's more than ten kilometers or something like that So, so the prophetic anointing might move to other persons. So in in, in one subject, those if those three people um, summarize and conclude what that what they have prophesied, they should be able to conclude what God, god's will toward the subject is. So if three people um, began prophesying whether they should send Paul and Barnabas to Antioch or not, um, They should be able to conclude that have same conclusion that God will send them to Antioch. Then they should be able to do so. But let's say if they fail to come up with one conclusion that they might postpone that that decision to the other next gathering or something like that. So these kind of um, spiritual anointing, this prophetic anointing, should keep flow within your meeting. And Paul keeps saying about the spiritual order, spiritual authority. Let's say if one person begins prophesying and another person comes up and says, Why are you uh, interfering my prophecy? Then that's over. It's all about spiritual order. So the church must be always sensitive to movement of the Spirit. And in the early churches, how sensitive were they? In the early churches, they strive so much to sustain the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And now, to us, in last twenty-four years, God invested so money, so much things. Now we should restore the same anointing, same thing, same sensitiveness that, uh, toward the Holy Spirit. Should be able to lift up the same worship uh, verse 31 for you can all prophesy in turn so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged one by one just like the, the just just as the following the instruction of the Holy Spirit one, one by one one person will begin prophesying and other person will follow the next step For example, one person should be able to stand and say, "Oh, Pastor Kim should go to Southern America to have a conference, and next person will stand up, and he will go to this and this place, and next person will uh, stand up, and uh, that kind of, this kind of anointing is working, and this kind of uh, attack is present. So, so in, in that kind of process, we should be able to have the same, same worship like that. This kind of, We should be able to lift up this kind of beautiful worship. We should yearn and desire. And desire the Holy Spirit. I told the sisters to, to practice this in your cell group. And now I'm telling you brothers to do this too. This might feel awkward to you guys for a certain period of time, but the leader, the leader, <laughs> leader but the leaders should lead your cell groups like this. More than 20 years, you have seen me. Uh, you might have this, um, this this depression or something like that, uh, thinking, oh, that's impossible. I cannot do like that. But it's natural. It's all natural if you live by the Holy Spirit. If you are led by the Holy Spirit, and conversely, if you live by the world, it's natural to become like you. <laughs> Anyways, verse thirty-two: the spirits of the prophets are subject to control of the prophets. Paul is saying the same same condition of verse thirty-four: women should remain silent in the church. They are now allowed to speak, but must be in submission so the submission is the same word that is used in 32 the subject our subject (laughs) so paul is saying if second person comes prophesying then the prophecy of the first person will uh, be submitted to the second person and second person prophecy will will um, be more precise and be more descriptive. This is prophecy. Of course, there might be chances that a second person will correct the wrong prophecy, but but usually, normally, the second person will uh, expand the scale in, in terms of prophecy and the person the people who are prophesying must understand this anointing and discern whether the prophecy is going under the same spiritual um guidance so this this person who is discerning should be able to confirm confirm and um examine that that spiritual flow. We have done done this uh, last twenty four years, but but within the small groups of our church, these things must be activated too. We have all experienced this, right? So now it's time for us, all of us, to do this too. Do not be afraid of um, being wrong, being incorrect, and failing do not be afraid that does not matter so I always tell you not to be afraid of delivering out demons if you fail to do so then who who is behind you me I can I can cover you guys right so, so do not be afraid <laughs> 33 verse 33 for God is not a God of disorder but of peace So all the matter matter and issues of spiritual gifts of matter of order spiritual order Paul is so Paul is saying I'm not uh, limiting you I'm not hindering you to practice spiritual gifts but practice that in within the spiritual order. So even, even more, if you have the right spiritual order and not practicing the spiritual gift, it itself is an evil. So God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. So here, Paul is beginning to speak about the practical matters and issues. Just as it is appeared in book of Ephesians and describing that um, the body, body of Christ, uh, must follow the order from the head, the churches who do not follow the order of the head cannot practice a spiritual order, right? And the Holy Spirit received the commandment of the head of the church and He distributes that commandment to, to the body And that must be done like that. And Paul is giving the practical examples. Verse 34, women should remain silent in the churches. So Paul, is Paul discriminating women? Is Paul ignoring and um, looking down on women? Of course, he's saying, remain silent. Why? Is Paul saying anything bad about women uh, ministering? No, instead, in in 1 Timothy, Paul wants the women to be leaders to the widows. the widows are the ones who are devoted to the church and offering her life to the church who lost who lost her husband and paul wants that kind of women to become leaders in the church but but in here the reason why paul um, ordered the women to stay silent it's not because he discri- hes not—he's not—he's discriminating the women. But instead, he said they are not allowed to speak, but must be in submission as the law says. He is quoting the Genesis thirty-six. From where did women come from? So in Genesis God says um, the the husband will rule you you will be submitted to your husband So Paul is quoting this this message So the woman must uh, remain and stay next to her husband and here Paul is saying there were women who who ignored the spiritual order of his her creator and just um show, showing off her her excellencies and there were leaders in many different churches in the early church and within their families who should be the leader of the family the husband right and only the women who are acknowledged by that leader must be leaders of that family group and other than those other than those should not become leaders so necessarily um, it must be confirmed that those men should be spiritually leaders to that group And if that leader wants his wives to a uh, wife to to minister uh, next to him, then they can allow her to to minister. But without that, Paul did not want the women to destroy the order of the family and and cause troubles in in the community. And our brothers. You should be aware of this because you have not been raised as leaders spiritually that's the reason why our sisters are, are becoming more loud I'm not telling you guys to insist your your physical leadership but instead within your church within your devotion um, you should be able to become leader first and then and then allow your your spouse to to help you and and minister with under your spiritual order and, and in these um historical background these women that appears in corinthian churches were were under these um, um were under this charismatic um, influence So to the sisters, what what matters to you more is more than um, just seeking for your own spirituality, is to raising up, a, um, building the right spiritual order within your family. And one of the main clear evidence that we are entering into the end time is um, disappearing of men and brothers in the church so it's such a blessing for our church to have these many brothers um, to strive for for building and constructing the spiritual leadership Verse 35, if they want to inquire about something, they should ask their own husband at home, for it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church. So Paul was saying saying this because there were many women who were destroying the spiritual order. So this is how, how much Paul valued the spiritual order within the church. So first of all the brothers must secure their spiritual leadership within the church and confirm confirm their their spiritual leadership our brothers so us brothers must believe that oh god appointed me as a leader in my family i should be able to um we should be able to believe that oh because god has appointed this leadership to me he has given me the same uh, the all the amount of power authority and ability that is required to um, build and raise my family members you should be able to believe that So there's nothing in this world that oh because I'm I'm a man I'm like this, because I'm a woman I'm like this. No. In in our church, am am I stronger spiritually than my, my wife or not? So our brothers, do not try to um, um just you need to recover, restore your worthiness. Instead of instead of making a dog sound, you should be able to roar like a tiger. Verse
2: <laughs>
0: 36. 36. Or did the word of God originate with you, or are you the only people it has reached? Paul is saying this to the women back there. So they those women who were, were falling into this charismatic movement, they insisted that they, this revelation is originating from them. But, but all the ministry must take place under the spiritual order. If you break that order, all the spiritual gifts will be loosened. And all the other churches like Philippian churches, uh, Philippian church and Colossian church they the spiritual order were firm and sound within their churches they did not um experience these these spiritual issues verse 37 if anyone thinks they are a prophet or otherwise gifted by the spirit let them acknowledge that what i am writing to you is the lord's commandment so only under paul who is the leader of this church um whether it's prophecy, whether it's ministry, should be able to um, should, be, should, be, um, should, be, should stand under the leadership of Paul who established the church. So within that one spiritual order, the church must be established. That's how important that spiritual order is. This is generation that all the spiritual order is being broken authority of teacher, authority of parents we need to be able to see how, how fearful God is toward this order issue 38 but if anyone ignores this they will themselves be ignored I have said this many times uh, do not be, get prophesied uh, in front of those, those um, super spiritual um, sisters who are out of the churches I've told many sisters like that that oh please stop doing that because you'll be you'll get cursed look 32 years of my ministry have i ever received um, um, any money from from my conferences no why because i have received this truth um, without price So look all that is given by god is priceless and has been given to us without any price and how would i dare to to put price to that and sell to sell sell those to others have i ever received a price um, for all the things that i have given to the the people around the world because everything I have received by grace from him but if I try to um, bring um, gain benefit from that then I, I will begin to destroy the spiritual order that God wants me to establish in in his ministry <coughs> So all the the spiritual order is taking place in the church. Uh, Let's finish. Verse 39. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy. Why? Because the proclamation of God's word is the most important thing to reveal His word. And He says, And do not forbid speaking in tongues. So, Paul is not comparing what is more important, what is more important, less important. But he's saying what should um, be focused more within the context of the worship. Verse 40 But everything should be done in a feeding and orderly way. Uh, what does it mean in a feeding and orderly way? I say if I pract- if I practice a healing authority and through the healing authority how should I be how should I become I should be able to become someone who keep acknowledges God and allows Holy Spirit to work instead of myself but what if, what if I insist my, my own authority what if I emphasize myself my honor then I will lose this feeding and orderly way. So within, within this church, within this truth, um, what's the image that you becoming, um becoming fit and in order? That means you will become more humble through this, this truth. Not only you should become the ones who listen to that, but instead you should be able to become someone who listen and, and live according to that word. This must be clear to you. I'm not telling you to show off, but instead you should be able to uh, act in a way, in a feeding and orderly way. Let's see one another and see. S- le- let's see one another whether that person has a feeding and orderly way, in a nice manner. Church members must have this fitting way. We should have this holy holy um, manner, adequate and order. Our church, we value the, the order. Why? Because even from the creation, God worked through His order. God is God of order always within your family, within your church God works through his order so so I'm, I'm a senior pastor so you have never ignored the order that the authority that has given from God to me so I am very thankful for you to that so you know I will go to South America conference and I will come back later so today, sixth session of the Holy Spirit. So please, please uh, meditate and pray upon the six sessions of the Holy Spirit. And and please expect the Holy Spirit's work to be more abundant within our community. Let's pray. Last, last two years and a half, you have paused us in order to purify us and allow us to enter into the deeper holiness. Father, now you have opened us another gate to the world. Father, Father, restore your schedule into your according to your calendar. Father, let us confirm your victory. Father, we thank you that you have given us this confirmation. And Father, help us to return with this confirmation of victory and let the community be filled with the new glory. Father, through intercession, Father, let your amazing revelation be filled and abundant. Father, let your dignity and power be activated to your community. And Father, help these two weeks to be glorified, Father, and hallelujah. Father, we lift up all the offerings that is given before you, Father. Father, from Yeolbang Church, Father, let the abundance be flow. Father, let your glorious work begin from us, Father, through all their families, their workplace, their, their heritage. Father, let this be filled with your abundance. Hallelujah. Now is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church and love of the Father and the indwelling communion of the Holy Spirit be with all those who have devoted themselves to live according to their Holy Spirit and their work field, their workplace, their children, their family their mission fills to Yeowong Church and Joy ministry from now on forevermore. Amen.